Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 249 of Linux in the Hamshack. This is our Weekender edition, and this comes out on Thursday night, early Friday morning, and it is good to represent the next couple of weeks in Linux, open source, and hedonism. Those are the three things that we are all about here. And I am Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, very good. So we're going to just sort of jump into it on the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And we're going to talk about some amateur radio topics. Well, who would have thunk it? Thunk Imagine. Wow. (laughs) Can you tell it's the weekend already? It's already already there. All right. So Bill's going to tell us about a couple of contests that are coming up. Yeah. So uh, this weekend, we have the beginning of the CQ Worldwide DX Contest Series. This is the Ritty one. It runs from 000000 Zulu on September 29th to 2400 Zulu, September 30th. Uh, get your Warble Warble and your cooling system ready for your finals. And uh, this contest is going to be fun, fun, fun if the propagation gods allow it to be. Because you know that those HF bands have been mighty, mighty poor lately. <laughs> But we can only hope that a contest of this size that brings out so many people will, will, will give us the propagation we need to kind of, kind of tweak the bands a little bit and, and, uh, and make it a fun weekend for everybody else. We have mentioned now, the this other- before that the more people that tend to get on the radio at any particular time sort of open up the propagation. It's almost like, almost like the little EM waves and the things that, you know, fry us yes. internally actually manufacture radio wave propagation <laughs> so <clears throat> it, it it does it, it, there is a phenomena that it happens in contests that all of a sudden stuff opens up uh even in bands that shouldn't be open at that time and it it, it is amazing and uh you know a lot of people say it, it can be caused possibly by you know the artificial ionization that occurs from all the rf signals that are currently being you know out pushed out there rather poorly with very high high power and illegal power in some cases <laughs> and i think it actually takes the earth slightly more off axis every time too yeah it just kind of bumps us yep, i mean just you, a little you, you bit. thought it was you thought it was global warming it's actually all these hams getting on the weekend they're just kind of like <laughs> Just kind of bumping. That's where that 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 polar axis, that that the true magnetic north, keeps moving. Right. Those <laughs> so, those uh, so. leap seconds, those aren't caused by the slowing of the Earth's rotation. They're caused by the lids. Yeah, lids. So, <laughs> <laughs> so our our other lid contest that's going on is the beginning of. And I say that because it's a there's a these are a three parter. Uh, the A R R L E M E. So that's the Earth Moon Earth contest. Uh, begins this weekend as well. Uh, Zero Zulu on September 29th to 2359 Zulu on September 30th. So just remember, you have a minute less. 
in that contest than uh, CQ Worldwide. Um, so this is uh, for bouncing signals off the moon, and uh, this is for 2.3 gigahertz and up. So uh, this will be pretty specific stations if you happen to have that type of equipment. Uh, this will be your weekend to go try it out. Um, if you don't, if you're doing six meters, two meters, or 440, or, you know, something, uh, something below 2.3 gigahertz, look towards uh, October and November, where uh, those lower bands will be, uh, the highlight. And, uh, we've talked a lot about these, uh, minimal stations and stuff like that, that you can now do on EME with, uh, with the enhanced, uh, software from WSJT. Uh, doing the moon bounce on, you know, a single Yagi with some really minimal equipment. So, uh, you know, this, if you're really interested in this, this will be the time of uh, the most activity on those. Uh, you know, possibly not this weekend because it's the higher, <laughs> the higher frequency stuff, but, you know, uh, start preparing your equipment to, to possibly get involved and try, you know, getting in there in October and November. You know, you know, if you have like a, you know, one of those Alaskan uh, versions of the, uh, of the arrow antenna for your satellite, uh, you know, the really long one with like a bunch of elements on it, uh, that one would probably be sufficient, uh, for two meters to give it a try. Um, although I would probably do a boomer or something like that to, you know, get every inch of gain that you possibly can out of it. But, uh, yeah, so this is, this is a kind of an interesting weekend to see that the, uh, the EME. So take a look at that from the AWRL. All right, very cool. So we can let Cheryl talk about what's coming up in the next weekend for contesting. All righty then. The first one is the Oceana DX contest. Phone 0800 Zulu October 6th to 0800 Zulu October 7th. It's open to entrants located within Oceana, i.e. VK, ZL, YB, and KH6, and most but not all Pacific Islands, those defined as Oceana, for the Worked All Continents Award. Can work or log anyone, anywhere for points, including other Oceana stations and DX. DX entrants outside Oceana work or log Oceana stations for points. Any non-Oceana contacts should be logged as normal, but do not score. And you can get more information about this at OceanaDXContest.com. Well, you heard it here. If you're not in Oceana, you don't score next weekend. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Just doesn't work. So, and the next one for next weekend is the California QSO party. It runs from 1600 Zulu October 6th to 2200 Zulu on October 7th. Um, we don't tend to highlight state QSO parties, but the CQP tends to be a favorite. Enjoy this on one of, on all of the HF contest bands and more information as well is available at CQP.org. And I'm going to assume that means yeah. no work. No work. No work, right? No work bands. Oh, no work yeah, bands. No work yes, bands. Yes, yes. Yeah, so no, no work. work. No work Yes, bands. all the contest yeah. HF bands. In other words, no work bands. Right. So. Yeah, I figure that would be better wording, I think, because that like most people realize that work bands are not for contesting. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, that was a billism. Uh, I love the CQP, and I haven't, I haven't done it in the last year or two, and I really want to go back to doing it. It's really a fun contest. It's it's a pretty active, and it's 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 pretty hard to co- collect all the counties and stuff like that in in California. So it does make a, it does make for a fun uh, a fun trial of your equipment uh, for uh, getting ready for like sweepstakes and stuff like that. Uh, especially if you have like a beam, you can just point it one way, just point it towards California. <laughs> <laughs> and good luck. Uh, yeah. 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 So it's fun. I, I, I always enjoy the CQP. I, I think it's a good, uh, a good season opener to kind of, if you haven't really got back into contesting, but you do in November sweeps, 
uh, you know, do the CQP. It just kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of a good one to kind of open everything up on. All right. Very good. That's if you like the whole QSO party type thing. So is this all, all modes? Uh, I think it's just C, uh, CW and, uh, it will also be voice. Okay. CW voice, no digital. I don't think it's, uh, there's any digital. I'll look real yeah. quick. All right. Well, you can fill that in while Bill tells us about Enigma. Yeah, CQ and phone. That's CW, CW and phone. phone. So, okay, uh, there you go. Yeah, so uh, this is a special event station. I only found one, but I had a lot of information on it, so I decided to only have it listed here. So this is the Enigma Reloaded uh, special event. It runs from September 28th to October 6th. This Enigma event started in 2014, originated from an idea jointly developed by the Marine Museum of La Spezia, Italy, and the Cultural Association uh, Rover Joe uh, of Florenza, Italy, as an international event to link to the to an encryption exhibition organized in conjunction with other another cultural event, the European Researchers Night. Researchers Night. Sorry, uh, the main idea behind the Enigma event is to involve people all over the world, and specifically young people in focusing their attention on the importance of scientific research in general and specifically on cryptography or algos <laughs> cryptography <laughs> as a main driver of the most uh, as main driver of most of the cultural events at the end crucial. of the world war II. Crucial. crucial sorry crucial <laughs> i got a microphone in front of my eyes so i'm missing some words <laughs> maybe you shouldn't put it like between you and the monitor i'm just thinking <sighs> yeah i know this is why i'm sitting down i'm like it totally messes me up <laughs> even considering their impact both on history and on the present world's life so uh, there's a bunch of stations all over the place and uh uh I'll just read a couple of these like the R- RSGB National Radio Center in uh, Bletchley Park uh, GB3RS will be on there we'll see one from uh uh the Deutsches uh, Museum Club Station Delta Lima 0 Delta Mike uh, the Dayton Amateur Radio Station will uh, Amateur Radio Association will be on there W8 uh, Bravo India uh, the U.S. Naval Academy Radio Club, W3ADO, and uh, CW Ops Club, K th- K3CWO, and yeah, a bunch of other ones and a bunch in Italy, of course. And I was kind of surprised because we actually have a, an Enigma machine here at the Computer Museum in Bozeman, Montana. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, someone should probably activate that one because uh, they have a really cool uh, cool museum and they have a cool room there just with the Enigma in it and uh and uh, it's, it's a pretty interesting piece of equipment to look at up close. If, you, if you've if you never seen one, they're really cool to look at. And, of course, uh, if you don't know about them, you know, they're really cool, uh, uh, cool piece of equipment uh, that's all mechanical. And <laughs> it's uh, <coughs> definitely definitely worth looking at. Uh, and this event just highlights uh, the interest in that as well. Very cool. I I've never seen an Enigma machine, and I know I've, I've picked up bits and pieces of information about Bletchley Park and all of the uh, folks there who worked on cracking the Enigma cipher and all of that. And then there's the movie The Imitation Game, which I haven't seen either. Um, that sounds really interesting to me, and one of these days I hope to get around to, to learning about all of that stuff. So definitely a huge part of World War II, so uh, code cracking and all that kind of that stuff. So, um, yeah, maybe you should activate the Enigma machine in Bozeman. You, you could probably sign on here and, and get that started up. Yeah, I don't know if I have time, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll give somebody my call to do it. It's over in Bozeman. <laughs> maybe I'll contact some hams. We have some hams in the, uh, in our contesting club that are over there and mention this to them and see if, uh, 
they would be interested in kind of doing something in, in cooperation there with the, uh, the computer museum, which is way cool. If you ever come out to Montana, go to the computer museum. It seems lame, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really, really surprisingly awesome. Well, St. Robert, Missouri has a vacuum museum. That's true. So <clears throat> I bet it's more cool than that. I don't know. There's a big ball There's of the, twine somewhere oh, in Oh, that's Kansas, true. There's so. a giant <laughs> ball of twine around here somewhere. So. Well, yeah, if you're completely <laughs> Exactly. Uh, in the chat room, I was seeing that, um, let's see, Dave, KB0OWD, said the bands are never closed. It takes someone to open them up uh, in reference to our uh, discussion of uh, RF emissions. And uh, Ted, W-A-Z-E-I-R, said 10,000 receivers do not make a band opening. <laughs> well, that's that true. That is true. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. All right. So anyway. Receivers receivers never make a band opening, but transmitters yeah, can. That's right. Absolutely. Because <laughs> everybody could be listening. The band would never open up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be open. Just no one would ever know it. That's right. All right, so moving on from that, we have an announcement, and I'll just make this brief. We have our store at shop.lhspodcast.info. It has LHS-branded merchandise. Uh, we have some apparel, some drinkware, some hardware, things like that. And uh, you can go ahead and support the show if you want by downloading some of our cool branded merchandise. We've added a whole bunch of new stuff over there. And as I said before, a lot of it is drinkware, but that's kind of what we do here. So You can't download merchandise. You have to buy merchandise. Well, I don't, did I you, say you download? Yeah, you just said you can go download <laughs> some of our new merchandise. Well, all right. <clears throat> you can download it to your eyes. There you go. Right. There you go. You can absorb <laughs> totally. all the eye candy. You can download it into your brain, and then you can go buy a shot glass or there something. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so. cool. All right. Very good. So anyway, shop.lhspodcast.info. And when I get around to it, that will also be lhspodcast.store will be the link so to do we, eventually eventually i do have a question about the merchant okay what about the merchant so do, do we have some more etch stuff i didn't even look in there do we have some more etch the only like... etch thing we have is the pint glass okay okay because yeah, the shot glass because you know i had, the, I had the... everything else well yeah. some pint glasses are uv printed the usb sticks are uv printed and everything else is vinyl uh okay so well i i i, I took home one of the glasses yes <laughs> with with a printed logo on it, and and somehow it ended up in the dishwasher, and it no longer has printed the logo. logo on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I might be interested in more of those uh, etched ones. Those are actually nice. Okay. I like well, those. we'll send you an etched one. That's not, that's no. You problem. Got one or two. Oh, whatever's easier to put in the box. All or right. Whatever. Well, we'll make sure you get some etched ones. Cool. Right. Cool. 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 Yeah. yeah. You, you have- they're they're a little rough on the fingers, but they're really cool. Well, you can always sand them down a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of disappointed that I would have thought the UV printing would not come off in the dishwasher. So uh, maybe I just had an early one or something like no. that. I don't no, know. they were all printed at the same time, so it came right off. <laughs> well, actually, because I was like, "Wow, this glass looks just like the etched one, except for it has nothing on." Okay, it. when when we send you the etched ones, send me back that one. The one he's going to take it I'm back gonna, and yell at him. Go bitch at somebody because because okay. those should not come off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there, there is actually really one of the UV dishwasher. ones in there on my desk. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. much. So you might want to run it through our dishwasher and see what yes, happens. Yes. We'll see what happens. Cause if those are, if those are coming off in the dishwasher, then the printer is going to hear from me. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try that out. <laughs> okay. I'll do that. 
All right, so moving on, we have our Linux in the Ham Shack Ham Radio Challenge for this week, and I made a simple one because there's been a couple of stories. One in the last episode about the Swedish uh, pay-to-play over 200 watts, and tonight's mention of an EME contest. So I said, hey, I can challenge our listeners to try Moon Bounce. There you go. Try bouncing some signals off the moon. Oh, I thought you were talking about like a bounce house. It's yeah. kind of like that and on radio waves. There's enough <laughs> delay that you will hear your own signal on the moon. So you don't have to worry about scheduling something or anything else like that. You will hear your own dits come back from the moon. There's that much of a round trip delay. Yep. Alrighty then. Because the moon is really far away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so give EME a try if you've never tried it before. That might be something interesting to do. It's one of the ham radio disciplines out there. All right. So moving on, we're going to talk about some open source stuff. And the first thing in the open source category is a distribution to try. And I found this one today. It's called Ferren OS, F-E-R-E-N-O-S. Ferren OS is based on Linux Mint, which is a very good Linux distribution. What makes it one of the most visually attractive Linux distros is its tweaked Cinnamon desktop environment. It promises to deliver an experience that will match or beat the aesthetics of Mac OS and Windows operating systems. Baron OS is a rolling release, and the look and feel is familiar to most users. There are windows like Start button and Taskbars. They have all the useful icons. Start menu is intuitively designed, and clicking on an option opens a submenu. The theme changer tool lets you play with icons, setup, background, etc. In Farron OS, apart from being a beautiful Linux distribution and fully loaded with eye candy, is familiar and innovative. Also, it has a familiar desktop scheme, clean, flat design, modern environment, and is beginner friendly. So there you go. It sounded interesting to me. Most of that was advertising speak, uh, not me reading. You know, me talking it was just me reading off the website. Uh, but if you want a Linux Mint-based distribution full of eye candy, a flat theme, and beginner-friendly, give Farron OS a try. I'm actually going to try it. It sounds interesting to me. I like the eye candy. Yeah. And, you know, I was going to mention one here, Oh, too. Well, mention one then. Certainly. <laughs> Only because I, I just uh, I downloaded it today, and I saw it mentioned just the other day. And it's not Linux. It's BSD. Oh, no. BSD. Yes, it's Ghost BSD. I'm, and I'm it comes BSD in, uh, Yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, this is a this is a Ghost BSD, and it's basically uh, you know free free BSD with uh, the UI and everything else that normally doesn't work for crap. A <laughs> la <laughs> True OS, that really is not True OS, at least in my experience. I think we've reviewed it here before. Um, but the next one of these I'm going, or next, uh, next time we do a Linux in the Hamshack, uh, segment. So in a couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to review this and see if I can put any ham radio software on it and, uh, see how far I can get. Uh, the Mate looks, uh, quite beautiful. And that's what the, that's the installer that I have downloaded. So, uh, yeah, be look, look forward to that. If you're interested in BSD and you think, uh, you know, since Linus left Linux, uh, it's going to go to the hell in a handbasket. <laughs> <clears throat> For everybody in the chat room right now, I'll throw a screenshot of my my live desktop on it. All right, very cool. I'm gonna I'll check that out too once you post it. All right, so there's a couple of distributions to try: one Linux, one BSD, and of course there are lots of different Linux and BSD distributions out there. You don't have to try the ones we suggest, but we try and pick ones that are interesting for one reason or another. But you can pick whatever flavor you like and go on your merry computing way. 
So, Cheryl, we've got a couple of events coming up this week in the open source space. So you can probably tell us about those. I You'll think about it. So the first event is an open networking summit. It is in Amsterdam. It is September 25th through the 27th. Uh, It is the industry's premier open networking event, gathering enterprises, service providers, and cloud providers across the ecosystem to share learnings, highlight innovation, and discuss the future of open source networking, including SDN, NFV, orchestration, and the automation of cloud network and IoT services. Uh, And then Symphony Live London 2018, and it is, of course, in London, is the September 27th and 28th. It's a two-day event, including a one-day workshop and a one-day two-track conference. Over 350 engineers, developers, and IT professionals will meet at the Westminster for the conference. Symphony is proud to organize the seventh edition of the British Symphony and PHP Conference and to welcome the Symphony and PHP community excuse me, communities from all over the UK. Join us for two days of best practices, experience, knowledge, making new contacts, and hearing the latest developments in the framework. All right. Very good. A couple of cool events coming up over in Europe. And then I have down here an event for next week. It's not actually next week. It's the week after next. Uh, But there was really nothing actually going on next week. So I put this in instead because this is a linux fest that's near and dear to our heart it's the ohio linux fest it's coming up in columbus ohio from the 12th through the 13th of october and the ohio linux fest is a grassroots conference for the gnu linux open source software free software community that started in 2003 has a large interlug linux user group if you don't know that uh (laughs) meeting and has grown steadily since it is a place for the community to gather and share information about linux and open source software several registration levels will be available for attendees including free if i'm not mistaken so you know always good to have a free conference please help support the nonprofit volunteer run ohio linux fest by donating or by registering for the ohio linux fest institute professional training will be held on october 12th and of course, links to the October or the October, the Ohio Linux Fest in October. <laughs> they can call it the October Linux Fest. I mean, it's in October, yeah, right? So October that's right. Fest October Linux. Fe- now October that, Linux Fest. There's an idea in the making right yeah. there. They should actually kind of beer and Linux. Beer, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's already well, beer and Linux. They, they, they just don't, don't call it October Fest. Linux, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, cool. Ohio Linux Fest coming up in not not next week. The week after. So, uh, because the only thing I could find for next week was PyCon India. And I'm not sure that our listener base would be interested in that particular conference. But if they are, you can go look up PyCon India. Yeah, just go Google PyCon India. So, <laughs> there you go. All right. So, our Linux in the Hamshack open source challenge for the next, dare I say it, fortnight uh. <laughs> <laughs> is. Not okay, well, good. Good. I'm glad you're off the Fortnite. Is to try and find a way to use an application on Linux that you've always or ordinarily used on Windows. So there you go. I'm going to try and find one that I use on Windows all the time and see if I can make it work on Linux by hook or by crook, whether VM or Wine or Native or whatever it is. Just try and migrate something you do on Windows over to Linux. There. There's there. a challenge for you. That's a real challenge. So yeah, you do that. Okay, I'll try. Okay. All right, so 
I just want you to know, like, there's at least 200 couples in the United Kingdom that have filed for divorce this year, citing Fortnite <laughs> <laughs> as the reason. So just take that as advice, marital advice. Don't play and, Fortnite. And Dave in the chat room <laughs> no. says, trigger. <laughs> trigger. Trigger. All right. Is this Roy Rogers or what? <laughs> oh, should have Oh, that's myself, funny, <laughs> bullseye. Okay. Let's move. <laughs> different movie. Yeah, I know. It's a totally Got different movie. Got a snake in right. my boot. <laughs> yeah, different yeah, movie entirely. That's right. I know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> Toy Story 2, one of my favorites yeah, of all we, time. We love Toy Story, yeah. so. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> all right, Woody. It's funny. Um, we watched the, I watched the first, well, I watched the first several episodes of Last Man Standing. Cheryl watched the first, first one, one the pilot. Right. And there is a reference in the pilot to uh, Buzz Lightyear. It's funny. Oh, I just spilled my. I. Do you have any towels in here? Um. Yeah, and actually, it didn't matter because it was in a Glencairn glass, so it didn't actually spill. So. Yeah, I got like a little dribble out the top. So that's nice. what he so, said. Hey, so All speaking right. of speaking of Last Man yes. Standing, did you guys no, ever no, send your no, QSL no, card? Do that. That was Russell's job, and he still has not done it. And we've never mentioned that. Well, we kind of mentioned in the chat room if you pay attention there. But uh, yeah, Don, John, Don Amadeo. John Amadeo. He's a producer of Last yes. Man Standing. Yes. And a listener. Sent a request. Yeah, sent a request to us as a listener of the podcast to send in our, our uh, QSL cards for the Wall of Shame. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Allen's uh, ham shack there at uh, the Last Man Standing set. And uh, mine is there. I've already seen it in one picture with uh, Ray cool. Novak in it. Uh, uh, so I know, I know at least mine got there. I did send about 10 stickers as well. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't seen those appear anywhere. Um, and my QSL card is like the, the, my, my call sign is very muted on the front. So it's kind of hard to pick mine out, but I can the see picture, the picture. Right? Yeah. So I know what picture is on. <laughs> yeah. So the picture is like shot over the rims. And if you go to my QRZ page, you can see it there, and you can kind of put two and two I together. But anyway, they still have several uh, episodes to film, so I'm going to try and get ours out here like real soon. Yeah, super get yours soon, out so. there. Why don't you They're... do that tomorrow? Okay, I'll try and do that tomorrow. Yeah, <clears throat> and support the show. Support the show. Yep. Make sure they get renewed. Whatever it takes. Watch it on TiVo or whatever. Five thousand different ways, so they get more and more views and. And yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a it's a funny show. I don't care what your politics are and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it was it was funny. It, was funny, so. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> I, I love stuff that's just kind of just off off the chart right. either way. So well, yeah. Russ, Russ's description of the show to me after he watched the the episodes he did was it is home improvement with a Bass Pro Shop swing to it, and I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> since the home of Bass Pro Shops is here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like just yes. wait until yes. you know they like show the building and stuff and i was like oh wow were they in springfield missouri taking pictures of the building well, of course <laughs> every bath pro looks more or less kind the same, of like that so, yeah. yeah so but it's it's except it's for very, the one in memphis yeah. well that's true but it, it's it's overtly bass pro um uh, yeah <laughs> that they modeled the store after um they of course will never say that but yeah, <laughs> or, or Cabela's. Cabela's well, right? no, yeah. no. Yeah, but Cabela's don't look like that. Cabela's don't look like that, and, and Bass Pro only bought Cabela's last year. So, I mean, the the original store was was clearly modeled after Bass Pro. So, um, but anyway, yeah, enough yeah. about that. We're, I'll get those in super soon, and hopefully, in the next few episodes, we'll see it up there. 
Yeah, yeah. Somebody will be shooting video there because they always allow, you know, a certain amount of high profile visitors, I guess. Those, those privileged yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> that privileged class of people that get to go there and check it out. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure anybody could actually go, <laughs> go there. Uh, if you just request early enough and give them time and stuff like that, uh, obviously they get the, uh, the, uh, club station uh, comes on the air quite frequently and, uh, they post it out on Facebook when they're online. So, so yeah, check it out. And, uh, if you happen to see QSL cards up there, you know, look for, uh, look for ours. Ours might be up there. All right. Very cool. Well, we know yours is. And as soon as I send mine to John, uh, hopefully ours will be too. So, yeah. All right. So now we're going to jump into two weeks of hedonism. Yay. That's what we're all living for. Well, yeah. And we're going to start with food as we always do. And Charles is going to tell us about the recipe she picked for this week. All right. So when Russ first moved to Missouri, he was not a fan of macaroni and cheese in any way. My life goal at that point was to show him the beauty of homemade, not that box stuff, macaroni and cheeses. Luckily, he has willingly come to the dark side of mac and cheese lovers, and this is the next recipe that I want to try. And it is super creamy mac and cheese. It has a package of elbow macaroni, a package of shredded sharp cheddar, a uh, 12-ounce container of small curd cottage cheese, 8 ounces of sour cream, a quarter cup of Parmesan, salt and pepper, breadcrumbs, and butter. 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 So, yeah. So. <laughs> we all know what you use butter for, right? Oh, <laughs> butter, butter. No. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I think I should just leave. <laughs> well, you use it for putting on your English muffins. What do you think I meant? Okay, whatever. <laughs> Anybody ever see the movie Sling Blade? <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, you're doing a recipe, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's kind of gone <laughs> off the rails at this point. <laughs> so. Butter. Okay. Ooh, melted butter and breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah. You get the slick and the friction all at once. Ugh. <laughs> so good. Bill, why don't you go get I'm, another beer? I'm while going to call <laughs> your wife here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could have another beer at this point. I'm going to be on the floor after this one. So anyway, you uh, you boil your macaroni and mix it together with the uh, the cheese and the, the cottage cheese and the sour cream and everything and bake it for about 30 or 35 minutes until it's golden brown. All right. Well, I do like your mac and cheese. It's not craft dinner for sure. That's the stuff that I never could deal with when I was younger stuff that comes out of the blue box and i know it's it's almost like a rite of passage to eat you know craft macaroni and cheese but i do like craft macaroni and cheese yeah just, i just yeah. i just can never do it i could every every little piece of elbow macaroni look like an eye looking at me so <laughs> craft macaroni and cheese doesn't have elbow macaroni right <laughs> yeah it does yeah i thought they yeah. were straight pieces no 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 that well I, I think no. uh, i think elbows. they sort of become straight when you when you cook them because it's crap mac and cheese, but <laughs> it's crap. crap. What? K-R-A-P, <laughs> crap mac and cheese. If, okay. <laughs> well, I find if you make it with a half and half and a decent, decent butter, it actually turns out it, quite no, nicely. <laughs> but, you know, I've, with my macaroni and cheese. But my wife still 
I was going to say, my wife still throws uh, ketchup on it. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> People do that, and I'm just like, Bleh. Well, of course, you, you oh, put ketchup yeah. on like, eggs, oh, so you have oh. no room to talk. Lots of people put ketchup on eggs. <laughs> yeah, no one should put ketchup on eggs. Also, just scrambled eggs. No. No, I just no put one, grits on you eggs. should not put ketchup on eggs, nor <laughs> should you put ketchup on hot dogs. It's a sacrilege to put ketchup on a hot dog. Sorry. For all those people... For yeah, all those people who put ketchup yeah. on hot dogs, you're I just put ketchup on I my know, hot dogs. You're all just wrong. Okay. It's no, no. Ketchup, yeah. relish, and mustard go on hot dogs. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. Whatever. <laughs> I'll give you a mustard yeah. and relish. Yeah, Ru- but, see, Russ yeah, only ketchup does mustard is... and onion. He must have onion. Must have onion. Yeah. 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 Some kind of onion. Either onion, onion flakes, yeah. onion powder, whatever. It has to be onion. So. Yeah, I think it's a palate change. At some point, you know, as a kid, you probably put like, ketchup I on everything. Of course, I like <laughs> ketchup yeah. is on hot dogs and stuff like that. And like, I cannot, I cannot take ketchup on a hot dog anymore. I will put oh, a yeah, burger yeah. and stuff like that, but not a hot dog. It just doesn't taste See, doesn't I, taste right to me. Maybe it's too sweet because I put like right. a bunch of relish I, on it. I, and I stuff can't like that. do mustard on a burger. <laughs> oh, I see. I like mustard. You know, depending on the day, it's either mustard and ketchup or mayo and ketchup. It just depends. Yeah, on mine's, the day. mine's mayo and ketchup, and you know that. So true. Uh, you get the thousand uh, islands Island good too. too so. Get the Frisco melt. Well, that's what or a Big Mac. That's all the mayo right. ketchup yeah, is <laughs> basically. Well, there's a little uh, relish in it too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we'll hit my drink corner, and what I have here is a bottle of Dark Horse, which is actually now called Union Horse, but this bottle is a few years old, so it's still the Dark Horse variety. Uh, Reunion Rye whiskey in barrel strength. And back when I first tried this, I think this might have been at the first or the second whiskey fest we went second. to. It was the second one. Or third. This this turned into my favorite rye whiskey. And it's still very near the top of my list. And I'm not even sure. They they show on the Union Horse website that they still make it. But I couldn't find anywhere on the web that actually sells it. Mm. So it, apparently it's still out there somewhere. But. I bet you can find it in Kansas City somewhere. You probably can. So anyway, their description of it is handcrafted from a 100% rye mash bill and distilled in a copper pot still. It's barreled at a proof of 110. Uh, mine's actually a little stronger than that. Uh, and aged in new Missouri oak. Each barrel is carefully selected by artisan distillers, then blended to taste, uncut and unfiltered. It's whiskey in its purest form reserved for the best of times. So as I said, my bottle, I don't think my bottle has a date on it. It might somewhere, but I can't see it. Uh, but it's at least four years old. And mine is 114.33 proof, which is 57.17% alcohol. It's made in Kansas City, Missouri, which is where Union Horse Distillery is. Uh, the color on it is a nice, deep, burnt caramel color. It's a real, real dark color. Uh, it's probably caramel colored which is why it has that dark color. They do say it's non-chill filtered, though. And I don't know how that affects bourbon. That's more of a thing you hear about scotch whiskey than you do about bourbon. Uh, and this isn't even bourbon. It's a rye whiskey, so I don't know why the hell I'm talking about bourbon. Um, <clears throat> but I've got my tasting notes here, and I'm going to go ahead and sniff it. And on the nose, it's it's not super complex, but it has a really pleasant nose to it. It's got vanilla at the forefront and caramel. And you do get a little bit of the smokiness from the oak barrels, of course. You get a little bit of lemon, and you get peppermint, which is kind of nice. Peppermint sort of on the back end, which is kind of its defining character. And when you taste it, you get citrus up front, 
whether it be lemon or some other citrusy flavor, vanilla, toffee, mint, wintergreen, and then sort of after all of those sort of hit you in the head, those are the primary. Then as it washes down the back of your palate into the back of your throat, you also get a little bit of pepper, like black pepper, a little leather, and a little smoke. It's almost like a peat smoke, but it's probably just the oak char. So it's actually very interesting, and it's not nearly as sort of bright and abrasive as a lot of rye whiskeys tend to be. A lot of them have that very sort of dry, harsh, peppery rye character. And considering this is made from 100% rye, it's very interesting that it doesn't have that flavor profile. Whatever the aging process does to this particular mash bill takes a lot of the edge off the rye, which is probably the reason why I like it so much. Also, the fact that it's also 60% alcohol. Um, so, yeah, this is a good bargain. I think I think this bottle cost around $65. Um, I don't know what it costs now because I can't find anywhere that sells it. Uh, but if you can find it, it's about $65. And on my 100-point rating scale, I'm going to give it a 90 out of 100. Currently, so. it, it retails for $68.99. Okay. This bottle is from 2014, and they are based out of Lenexa, Kansas. Okay, that's probably about the same age as the bottle I have here. Yeah, that, so. was, the, that was the first year they did it. Uh, it was yeah. 2014. And that has, on the label, it has Legacy on it, Legacy number one. Okay. Which meant that it was the first year. Ooh, I probably um, should hold on to some of this then. Uh, Yeah. I, and have, you, I have about half the bottle left. The bottle so. is also numbered. Yeah, I see it's 860, 866 of 941. Yeah, 866 of 941. So yeah. I probably need to hold on to what's left of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, And so. the Reunion Rye won several medals for it so but dark horse distillery is uh it's now union horse right is in lenexa kansas so so if you can find some of the newer versions of this you should definitely get some i don't know how it compares to this particular bottle that i have obviously these older bottlings are going to be sort of unique but uh uh, if you like rye whiskey you should definitely check this out so that's all i'm going to talk about that so bill's going to tell us what he's been getting drunk on Jeez. <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> what are you talking about? Jeez. <laughs> well, I was I was going to actually review uh, Budweiser's new uh, uh, the copper. Uh, what is copper. that stuff called? The uh, Budweiser Reserve right, yeah. Copper Lager, um, which I, I I went to Walmart and I was looking for beer, and you know all their craft beers are too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> at least because i know i can go to like the town pump gas station and buy it cheaper um so uh so i was like oh there's these new uh you know budweiser's with the bourbon barrel you know whatever aged on the bourbon jim beam barrel yeah, bourbon barrel and I, I got a 12 pack of that but i finished it already and <laughs> i have to say it tasted like <laughs> budweiser i wasn't wasn't I wasn't terribly impressed. I was really expecting kind of a boozy flavor, but not really. So uh, if you haven't tried it, eh, it's, you know, if you like Budweiser, you'll like that. It's fine. But uh, what I'm drinking tonight is from Big Sky Brewing Company. It's a Shake a Day India Pale Ale. Of course, it's an IPA. And, uh, you know, that's all I ever drink. Um, <laughs> except for the copper lager. I did have that. Uh, yeah. So this is a, uh, this is a 7.5% ABV. Uh, so, you know, a little, little, little peppy, Pot- uh, peppy, a brand, uh, yeah. uh, IPA. 
Yep, yep, yep. Sixty-five IBU, so not uh, not uh, not too high on the uh, bitterness scale. You know, I've had worse. Um, it's of course out of Montana here. Uh, you can probably find it in the north uh, northwest. Uh, it's it, the color is gold or blue if you don't have X-ray vision or glass because <laughs> uh, like the can is blue. <laughs> So it's quite pretty. Uh, the can actually has like a, a shake a day is actually a, 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 a shows a, a set of dice and a cup, a shaker cup with a, a, uh, what appears to be a buffalo's skull on it. And uh, the notes are from the website. In Montana, we have a pastime bar game called Shake a Day. Each day at your favorite watering hole, you'll get one opportunity to throw 50 cents into a pot with hopes of rolling five of a kind and winning a pocket full of cash. This favorable risk is, uh, risk to reward is our inspiration for brewing this aggressive American style IPA. Brewed with uh, Pacific Northwest and Australian hop varieties. Good day, mate. Uh, bright aromas and, and, uh, and, uh, resinous. Oh, resinous. Did I say yeah. resinous. Yeah, I guess so. Resinous. Yeah. <laughs> resinous pine dominate the palate and, uh, the clean, well attenuated finish has enough body to leave you wanting another roll of the dice. And I did have to go in for <laughs> a second. So I have to agree with that. You know, I didn't really like, uh, you know, it's like sniffing it just to see if there was anything worth smelling. It didn't really taste as hoppy as I like. You know, I really like the, the kind of overwhelming book, you know, bouquet of, uh, of the, of the hop kind of just showing itself, which of course would probably attribute to more IBUs. But, um, but I didn't really notice it in it. It kind of, you know, it was kind of like a diminished, uh, diminished smell. And I didn't really get any pine or anything else like that out of, out of at least the smell. At least not what I would consider pine, but I'm, I'm a Florida guy originally, so Florida pine probably smells different than uh, the pine up here, and I frankly can't smell it <laughs> up here. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's not as hoppy as I liked. Uh, the price uh, here runs anywhere from like eight bucks to eleven bucks for a six pack of cans, depending whether it's on sale, like most craft brews. And uh, out of ten, I'd probably give this a seven point five. It's it's a good beer. Uh, you know, the second one is 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 tasting better and better every uh, every sip. So I uh, can't really complain about that, but it probably, I don't know if I would go and order it off a menu. I mean, if it was the only one they had on tap, okay, I would, I would order it, but uh, there are better IPAs, but this one, this one is good. I mean, it does taste, taste good, but I, I like a lot of different <laughs> ones. <laughs> so yeah, if you can get your hands on that one, uh, yeah, ch- check it out. If not, uh, you know, there's, there's a million other IPAs out here in Montucky. Fantastic! I think we've we've let uh, the weekender run its course. Yes. Yep. Got lots of information out there. We give you lots of things to try, a few things to experiment with, and some hedonism to indulge in. I I don't think we could do more than that for the next couple of weeks. So, with that, we're going to get on out of here. Stay tuned for next Monday's deep dive episode, which will be episode number two hundred and fifty. We're all looking forward to that one. And we'll catch you then. But for now, this has been episode number 249 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, 
Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out. in the ham shack and the linux in the ham shack logo are released under a creative commons attribute non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license well you have any of them french fried potatoes i like them french fried potatoes